It's Thursday, May 23rd, 2019, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 258, Orcs Ampersand Humans. Runtime for this episode is 53 minutes. time on video games the podcast that hates those dirty green skin scrolls my name is jeremy quit poking me i'm tyler i thought i had something but apparently i don't my name is zach we played warcraft orcs versus humans this week no i think it's orcs and humans humans and orcs no i I thought it was orcs versus humans humorks no one knows what it's called. It's it is called Warcraft. The subtitle doesn't freaking matter. I actually had a hard time researching this game because the movie, the horrible, horrible movie, is more popular than this game now. Well, there's also a lot more people who have seen the movie at this point. Most likely. I bet more than 300,000 people saw it. It is Warcraft, colon, orcs, ampersand, humans. Okay. There were some spaces in there. We leave where the spaces are as an exercise to the listener. <laughs> you man? Ah, uh, we haven't recorded in a year, so I don't know how to podcast. Zach, what have you been playing? <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of Mordheim. I think I might need to... Actually, my Witch Hunters, I need to fire my giant unit, or my impressive unit, because I tried one of the story missions, and I might have to actually research how to do that one, because I got my ass kicked, and my giant unit got wounded, like three times so he like he lost an eye has a (laughs) got a concussion and something else i hope he wasn't a cyclops before you started he was not okay does he have laser vision though no unfortunately he does not have that either mordheim still is a really fun game it's still balls hard but i enjoy it i haven't beaten it it's just really freaking hard i've been playing mainly the witch hunters still i've tried a little bit of the other races because they're still fun I'm really kind of looking forward to them releasing Necromunda, which is kind of like the 40k equivalent of Mordheim. Okay. But the main problem with Necromunda is like it doesn't contain Space Marines or any of the races as I understand it. It's all like Hive Gangs. Like I said, I like playing that game. It's hard. It can be really frustrating because like if you're, I have a 90% chance to dodge and he hits me anyway and kills my dude. But well, it's kind of like an XCOM. You've got a 95% chance to hit, and then you miss anyway. <laughs> well, in that, in that one, it's a little bit different because you have dodge chances on top of that. So, like, the enemy can roll to hit and then, you know, hit. Then you roll to dodge and dodge or fail. Um, I picked up all the DLC for it because, like, I like I like the game. So, like, I got the all the different heroes that you can get, which are, like, mercenaries they can hire on to either side. Like, there are two heroes for the Forces of Order and then the two heroes for the Forces of Chaos. I don't remember exactly what the chaos ones were. The order ones were like a smuggler and a um, wolf priest dude who I don't know exactly how he works because I haven't hired him. I've actually been playing a little bit of Overwatch lately. I have two, actually. Oh, I've been wanting to. I feel like you're cheating on me, even though that's not what's (laughs) happening at all, even metaphorically. I haven't been playing it on my house or on the PC, though, so. Again, I don't really play that game competitively like PvP. I just play it against bots because i do find it fun i just it's not one of those games i really want to deal with real people being against me because it's also a bunny hop game which is not something i'm really good at bunny hop oh you're constantly jumping and everybody's constantly jumping and all yep. that which is not something i overly care for they added a new character that is the healer oh man he's a lot of fun bestile Bestile. Um, bestile i thought his name was but... i don't know someone pronounced it really weird yeah. once and i picked it up um he one of the things that he can do I is, so like, much. if you hold down the crouch button, when you jump after, like, it charges up a jump and you can jump really high. Oh, that's cool. I'd like to have a um, He's got, like, a burst fire machine gun and his, like, underslung grenade launcher fires healy grenades. This sounds yep. like the character that was made for me. It's really good. He's basically... This sounds like what I played in Call of Duty 4, only with healing and grenades. He, if I, is it his E or... One of his abilities, I think he throws, like, a disc, and anybody within range of that disc can't, can't die. die. Ooh. But yeah. the disc can be destroyed. And also, it only has, like, a 10-second shelf life anyway, so... It's really good if, like, you know you're about to go down, and then if you couple it with a mercy, oh, man. Well, you can oh, throw man. that and then hit his shift, which, like, gives him a wide AoE heal. A little bit like Lucio, but it's faster because it's on a limited timer. It's not just all the time. 
Like, he sounds pretty ridiculous. He's not actually, like, he's mostly a support character who wants to hide in the corner. I don't really um, have a healer I play. So, like, I play Mercy, but it's because... Whenever I play a healer, it's usually Brigitte. I, play, I do like playing Brigitte, but she's not a healer. She's a pace puncher who happens to heal you. <laughs> um, that's, a ha- that's not wrong. Or, like, I play Lucio because I can just, like, hang out on the walls and skate around. I just find so. him boring. Coming from someone who was once a Sona main, I understand that that's not true, but I find him boring. <laughs> I don't really play healers, but I find him fun. I mean, usually I'm playing tanks like Reinhardt or D.Va, or I'm playing offense characters like Reaper, Ash, or Soldier 76. D.Va's definitely my favorite character, but I do like to play healer from time to time. Of course, one of the reasons why I like playing D.Va is I get to use her black cat skin, because that's like <laughs> that's like one of the only skins at which I actually spent like the actual Overwatch coins on. I think it was that one and um, the Reinhardt the cold heart thing where he's got yeah, like the fiery yeah. head thing. One of the, the Halloween skins. I don't know. I'm a Brigida fan. She's cool. Um, I also like Torbjorn a lot, um, but mostly that's because I played engineer a lot back in TF2. So I find Torbjorn and Bastion kind of both on the same team. Yeah, because they're both they kind sit of boring. Yeah. I, I find Bastion a lot more fun than Torbjorn. I cannot tell you why I do have that sweet space Marine skin for Torbjorn though. It's Sad. probably because with Torbjorn, you set up a, a lot of times you set up the turret and then you just kind of sit around and wait for the turret to do all the work, which I, is boring to me. I actually don't do that with Torbjorn. I actually use the turret to distract people and then go flink them. And that works pretty I well. I mean, that might be what people actually do with him now. Because, But I keep thinking of it when he first came out, which is where I first encountered him. You just where, sit there and keep whacking it well, with you, your hammer? You just use the turret because his ultimate also... It wasn't like the AOE damage thing it is now. It was a it was an amp. So like he just got massive damage buffs and it gave it to his turret too. So he just sat there. I was like, all right, I guess I'm not going to do anything now. What else have you been playing, Zach? A little bit of MWO. I was on the stream, obviously. I won the Urban Mech free-for-all, which was kind of fun. Um, I got I actually ended up getting into a fight with like eight people. So I, this is like a fan-organized event, right? It's yeah, it's like on the stream. Thing. It's not okay. an official thing. I started picking on two people who then like... Alliance of Convenience chased me around for like two minutes trying to kill me and I managed to run away from them and I got away from them because they both kind of had that uh, the uh, Alliance of Convenience fell apart because they weren't sure which one of them was going to try and kill the other one first. I ended up getting like four kills on that one and then I got killed by like the final boss guy who was driving a Daishi. There was no way I was going to survive that (laughs) because I was already hurt from, you know, fighting everybody else. That was a lot of fun. I, I find that game still fun. But it's MechWarrior Online. It hasn't changed at all since they really... Well, I guess it technically has changed, but to me it feels the same. It hasn't changed fundamentally, right? Not really. I went to San Antonio for a wedding. That was fun. That's my favorite game. It was interesting. Like, I think two days is the appropriate amount of time to spend in San Antonio. (laughs) Yeah, that's accurate. I got to ride around on a Segway. We went on a Segway tour. Of? San Antonio. Just the entire city. Was it a ghost tour? No, it wasn't a ghost tour. We just went, like, we went around. There was a few different places that we went and looked at, which I thought was kind of fun. But it was, the thing I thought was most fun about it was riding around on the Segways, which I was not, like, I was a little leery and a little nervous when I first got onto that thing. Because when I first got on, you know, you're not really focused on it. And I kept wanting, I kept wanting to lean the front half of it to turn. But you don't lean it, you literally turn it. Yeah, you just turn, it's not like a bike. Yeah, I kept wanting to lean it. That was a little tricky. Got to see the Alamo, which is like, you know, one of the only interesting things in San Antonio. It's my favorite movie theater. Mine too. I have a story about that. Yeah, but these guys had a weird, they didn't have a screen, and it was really weird. They had all these weird displays, and they're like, this was done in the 1800s, and I'm like, what? Nah, that was fun. Where's my popcorn? Uh, Me and Jeremy went and saw Endgame. We did, that's true. How was it? I've seen it twice now, and probably next week I will have spent an entire work shift just watching Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was a lot of fun. I've heard it was pretty good, if not quite as climactic as people wanted. Uh, I mean... I, I thought it was. I kind of don't want to say anything about Endgame, because it was so different than what I expected going in. I've heard I that, too, I think it was actually. pretty much exactly what I wanted. Including Fat Thor. They've embraced Brochad Thor, and everyone's into it. It was what I wanted, if I'm honest. So, yeah. I don't want to go too far into it, because, again, it's still in theaters. Yeah, I don't spoilers. Want to, I don't want to say anything about it, but I am going to say... <laughs> <laughs> um, also, accurate, so... <laughs> yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Me and Jeremy went and saw that together. I was surprised Kevin didn't, but then I found out that Jeremy and Kevin 
um, abandoned me, and they went and saw it without me. To be fair, we also abandoned each other. My my brother invited me to go see it because uh, it was we were gonna record and we didn't. And my brother was there, and I was like, I still haven't seen Endgame. You want to see it tonight? He's like, No, I have to hang out with my girlfriend. I'm going Sunday. You should come with me. The seat next to me is open. We're going. <laughs> um, and then Kevin that day was like, Anyone want to go see Avengers? And I'm like, I definitely didn't already make plans to do that with my brother tonight. And he replied, This is why we can't have nice things, Jeremy. <laughs> but then when we were getting soda, we were literally next to each other, and we're in the same. Show. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> nice. So we did not see it together. We just saw it about one row and four seats apart. Nice. Yeah, that movie's a lot of fun. I would recommend it. You just got to make sure you have a night free because it basically takes up the entire thing. Yeah, I've heard it's like three hours. It's three hours, three one hour. minute is the runtime. Wow. It is three hours long. Wow, that's some uh, Peter Jackson and bullshit. It does Honestly, not feel that long. It didn't feel like it. Oh, that's a good sign. When when we walked out, I'm like, oh, it's seven. Damn. <laughs> I wonder, do theaters charge more for longer showings? No. Should they? I mean, arguably, but it's, that's a difficulty on them, right? Yeah. It's also extra work on the customer. So, like, when choosing what movies you're going to watch, that pro- length is probably a consideration for them. But you're going to pick up Endgame, so... Yeah, that's true. I want, when those movies come out, I want them all to be in, like, they want. I want the whole, like, first set of Avengers movies in one big box. I would also like Iron Man 1 through 22. Speaking of uh, movie, I just realized John Wick 3 is coming out soon. And I need to watch John Wick 2. Isn't it out? Today is the uh, preview day. It technically um, comes out tomorrow. Although you could definitely go see it today. The no Alamo is doing in all three of them, just marathon style showing. I'm vaguely considering it. Yeah, Alex just got really excited in the background. So, <laughs> so uh, that sounds like a good night you guys are going to have. Yeah, I really like John Wick. So. I haven't seen the second one. I keep meaning to watch it. I um, read that they're apparently adding him to Fortnite. Yep. <laughs> yep <laughs> he just are. goes to video games now. He looks more like John Wick in Fortnite than he does in Payday. So <laughs> I kind of wish that they just kept casting Greyjoys as the villains in John Wick movies. So each <laughs> one with Keanu Reeves killing a different Greyjoy. Because they deserve to die just as much as the Starks, right? Arguably more than the Starks. Is that over One yet? more episode. One more episode? Okay. I haven't seen the penultimate one yet. I was telling Jeremy, I read tonight that, uh, or today, that there was a petition signed by 200,000 fans for them to redo Game of Thrones season eight with competent writers. <laughs> they should look at seven too, and maybe six if we're being honest. That six is about where I tapped out. Being so. on the outside of this whole phenomena from the entire beginning to end, I don't care. Six makes sense to tap out at. Seven is when you realize this train wreck is going to be beautiful <laughs> because that is the season where logistics becomes very important. And also everybody can just goddamn teleport wherever they need to be. Unless there's a logistics problem. And Sansa keeps saying, how are we going to feed all these people? As as low it should be a concern, because it should be. But it is never addressed and no one starves. I was going to say, it's like Endgame and Heroes of by Magic 3 when you all unlock Town Portal and you can just warp to one city. Except for sometimes you can't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You accidentally use all your mana or something. Well, it's when the uh, your Hearthstone is on cooldown or the mage is busy. Uh, I think I am actually going to play wow vanilla when that comes out my brother's trying to convince me are they actually releasing that they've been saying for about a year they're going to but i think there's actually a timetable yeah i think there's a date on it now i'm not (laughs) what if we do it for the podcast because i never played wow i really want to do it for the podcast the trick is getting zach to play with us if you do it if we do it for the podcast you'll do it i will probably do it i'll probably have to see if i can run down my old account which i don't think is going to happen but well it's probably the same as your overwatch account i had a, like i had a different wow account did you because i have i set up because that was that launcher was separate from the battle.net launcher okay that's true it was back in the day and so, i don't know that i ever went through and connected them because by the time that came out i wasn't playing world of warcraft anymore and had stopped caring so really quick it is currently in beta and it is scheduled to launch on the 27th Oh, wow. Of, I didn't know. Uh, was... Sorry, of August. Okay. Sorry, the, August 27th. That sounds right. That's important. The thing that I, I think I'll be on vacation that week. That's dangerous. The only thing that I can think of that I would probably want them to keep from later games is I would like them to leave the Blood Elves and Draenian because I think they're fun. They are not. That's but they're fun. But they're doing... It, it is vanilla, right? It's technically, the, I think, the, on the patch before Burning Crusade launched. So it's not like vanilla. So vanilla. it will still take a long time to level up to yeah. 60 like it had in the past. And my brother was saying they're not going to have dungeons at launch although i don't know why they wouldn't no instances yeah that they have that's for some reason they have to do more work on them although those have changed so much 
like you, you can still go to the Wailing Caverns, but it's so different. I can believe there has to be some actual like recreative surgery on that. Horde or Alliance? Oh, Horde. Who are you talking? I'm remaking Doshale if I play, and then I'll probably have to make a healer or something. Which one is that? Is that's that my your original warlock? warlock. Yeah, summon imps, steal mana from them. I don't have to drink. You guys all have to spend time drinking after every fight. But I just go life tap, steal mana from my imp, and then I can throw more shadow bolts. We'll make Tyler play a healer. I'll play a warlock. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll play a ranger. So <laughs> probably a hunter. I, or I not generally a hunter, like a, playing druid. Actually, I generally like playing healer, but you should reconsider that, given how bad I am at RTSs, and given how similar managing all your stuff in WoW is to an RTS. It eh, won't matter, not dude. That it's not going to matter. That's true. Also, if you just play, if you just spec healing on a priest, you'll be fine. <laughs> if, if you spec healing on a druid, it'll be tougher, but it'll also work. And quite honestly, if we if we do it, we'll probably end up playing a lot together. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm probably only going to get the subscription for the one month that we, that we do it. it. Yeah. So. It really depends on how much I get into the game. Um, I may get into it. I may not. I don't know. It's an old game. Like it, it is going to show how clunky it is. Uh, I they, think they're apparently making a lot of uh, quality of life changes. Yeah, I, that's a weird slippery slope. But it is like where at what point does it end? And like because War of Warcraft already feels like the Darth Vader of video games to me. Although it's like Darth Vader died again and then was made as a second cyborg after <laughs> the first cyborg augmentation. It feels like Darth Vader 3.0. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see when we cross that we'll bridge. Probably, we'll probably, like, if we can, we'll probably do it for the podcast because it, honestly, that is one of the biggest important games of the last ever few years. <laughs> the few last years. ever. <laughs> it, okay. It's still, because it's been so long since I played it. It feels like that game came out only a couple of years ago. Hey, here's a fun but fact. No, it's been out for longer than I've been out of college or high yeah, school. It came out the same year Jade was born. God. <laughs> Damn, it's that old? It's 16 years old, 2003. Shh. <laughs> what else have you been playing, old oh, man? God, I'm not supposed to be old. I'm the youngest one here. Hey, Zach, get what? off my lawn. I'm the youngest one here. This is depressing. You're about to be 30. You're about to cross that bridge, and you'll. I'm you'll not understand. there yet. I'm not there yet. You know what? I'm older than 30 now, and like, I actually feel maybe the best I ever have in my life. Well, I can believe so. that. I'm drinking less caffeine. I'm waking up more consistently. I'm doing a lot to myself. The day I turned 30, I felt like a truck hit me and it t it was about three weeks before i had a good night's sleep after that <laughs> so i think there's actually just like this magic window from 30 to 35 where suddenly all your s stuff's together and then your body starts deteriorating that, that so. seems about right <laughs> <laughs> other than that like there's a couple of other things but i'll i'm gonna talk about i think i'll talk about those in a little while what have you been up to tyler while we're vaguely on the movie subject still, um, I'm staring at Jeremy's shirt, and that reminded me that I went and saw Detective Pikachu. I went oh, and yeah? saw Captain Marvel today and got some Detective Pikachu trading cards. Oh, nice. I do want to see Detective Pikachu. Is it any good? Yeah, it's enjoyable. Um, it's way better than the game, so... <laughs> I also want to see it answer one question for me. Is Mewtwo just a trickster god in that movie? No. Damn it. Um, I that would be fantastic. No, they play him pretty straight, unfortunately. Actually, so what I love about this is it is hard to tell which lines I'm drawing a blank on his name. He's in Ryan Reynolds. Thank you. Yes, I wanted to call him Ryan Gosling. I'm like, that is not that guy. Um, it is really hard to tell which lines Ryan Reynolds improved and which were actually part of the script, and I love it. Well, he is pretty good at what he does, so... I think it's a legitimately enjoyable movie. It's maybe a little predictable, but also it's kind of a kid's movie, so... Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's um, not like... Movie it's not like Game for, of Thrones. It's not Game it's of not, Thrones. It's not, no, it's not like an R-rated movie where they're trying Club. to be different or anything. <laughs> Justice Smith isn't secretly Pikachu the entire time. I don't know. So, like, aside from it being predictable, though, like, the CG is incredible. Well, a lot of people I, saw the trailer to that and then the trailer to Sonic. And I, <laughs> Yeah, I saw the trailer for that and was like, that looks incredible. And then I saw the screenshot from a trailer from Sonic and was like, the hell is that? Oh, no. The acting's all pretty... My only problem with it is that it's, like, clearly a Pokemon show and it's, like, everyone is very, uh... Like, all the villains are very clearly villains. Um, it ain't that good, good Pokemon manga. Yeah, no, it's not a Pokemon special. Um, that is on the docket for Jumpstart Weekly, but we haven't gotten to yet. I didn't know that. Is this a new one? No, we're the old one. We're going to uh, go back and read the old one. It continues to come out. Gotcha. Look, if you uh, open the Viz app, their manga app, the first tier is Shonen Jump. The second tier is recently released, and the third tier is just Pokemon. <laughs> and, it's, and it's mostly Pokemon special. There's some other Pokemon manga, too, but... That's pretty good. It's an enjoyable watch, and I would like to encourage them to do more 
stuff with like, Pokemon. Yeah, that like is, some weird Pokemon movies that just are like not slice of life, but like, but like not the po- like, just using it as a setting. Exactly. Yeah, just using it as a setting and telling a somewhat original story in that setting. Mature Pokemon movie. I really want the one. Or I really want the adaptation of Pokemon Special where they just like cut people in half all the time. Yeah, and where Sabrina's a bad guy. Also, Blaine, but he's mixed. He's like well, an- Blaine is a traitor. Two yeah. Team Rocket. And also two other people. Yeah. And Surge La- and Koga. Lance is straight up a oh, like, eco terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. And uh, the Ice Gym leader in black and white is trying to capture Celebi to time travel to save his Lapras and thus screwing everything up. <laughs> Pokemon special is very good. It is. Yeah. No, they explain the whole Pikachu bond thing. And Red has that sweet Eevee that can, because it was exposed to radiation from Team Rocket, can experimenting and... into trying to experiment to fuse Zapdos, Articuno, and Moltres. His Eevee can evolve into any of the three and Red then and revert. Blue. So he basically has a digivolving Eevee. Yes. yes. Uh, it eventually evolves into an Espeon because he's good friends with it. And then it loses that ability. But. Also, it's where Jigglypuff learns fly. Like, the, the only reason it can in Smash is because of Pokemon Special. Because Blue trains all of her Pokemon how to fly, yeah. including her Blastoise. Yeah, the Blastoise <laughs> is the best because it just aims his cannons at the ground and fires. I thought I thought Green was the girl. Uh, uh, it depends on the translation you're okay. reading. The official translation, yes, she is Green. But in my head, Green is the rival and Blue is the girl. Yes, mine too. Uh, yeah, because isn't it actually like red is the main character, blue is the rival, green is the girl? Yes. Or is like that's the official one? Yes. Official English. Official outside of Japan, I should say, where it is green is the rival. But and way back when, it was just red and green. Yes. So, and, and blue is released as like a weird bug fix. The version we got is the bug fixed version of Pokemon. <laughs> Let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> what else have you been playing, Tyler? What did they patch? Yeah, I was going to say, so that's not anything I've been playing at all. Where was I going with any of that? I've had a really hard time, like, getting into a game Welcome recently. to my life. Um, so I've been mostly bouncing off of a bunch of roguelikes that I've played all of before. I have finally unlocked all the unlocks for every character in Slay the Spire. Um, I've beaten it a couple times. I've been doing a couple daily runs, and there's some weird nonsense in there, and I love it. I beat Enter the Gungeon. Finally, I beat a character's past after I think I have, like, 40 hours of playtime on that game. I talk about it more than I've played it, I think. But it's a really good game. I like Enter the Gungeon a lot. It's got Moxie, kid. Um, Have you gotten any farther in uh, Super Robot Wars T? I haven't. I picked it up and, like, um, so I was playing it for, like, ten minutes. I'm like, this is moving way too slow for me right now. So I put it back down. Picked up Breath of the Wild again recently because I was looking for something to do. Did so you get that motorcycle DLC, though? I don't know. I bought the Season Pass version on the Switch. Gotcha. So probably. So yeah. um, I haven't actually gone and done any of the DLC stuff yet. So actually what happened before that is I tried to pick up Tales of Berseria again um, because it's in my account and I really want to play that game. But I started playing it. I'm like, oh, man, I do not want to sit through this generic RPG backstory right this second. So I bounce off yeah, of that. You've been watching again. too much One Piece for that. I have actually no. I've been watching a lot more One Piece too. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Man, it's getting good all of a sudden. Uh, so. Did they make his navigator cry yet? I am just to the scene where Nami's relation is about to tell the story of their uh, basically do the whole backstory bit that every character in One Piece gets, um, okay. except for Nami. Um, I, it's only like episode 35 or something, but... But that you you're, sh- you're at the part where One Piece gets good. Yeah. You should watch Demon Slayer. You'd probably like it. Yeah, it's it's actually on my list. My problem is I have too many things on my list. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has been near the top for a long time, so... Hey, mine too. Um, yeah, like everyone I know is like, oh, I should watch that, and then just doesn't. Um, including Justin, who watches like a lot of anime. Has Kevin watched it? I don't think so, actually. <laughs> No, I know he hasn't, because we had this discussion not too long ago. So, actually, I haven't been watching that much One Piece. I've been watching Star vs. the Forces of Evil more. Which I hear is very good, but I And it's almost it. over. The last episode comes out this weekend. I need to finish Adventure Time. What I'll say is Star vs. takes a long time to get good. Like, maybe Season 3, so I'm not sure I could actually recommend it. But once it does get there, it's pretty good. Where the heck was I going with any of that? Oh, yeah, so anyway, I've been playing a bunch of roguelikes. I tried to pick up Azuria, bounce off of him. Like, I need something a bit more action-y immediately so i picked up breath of the wild again and was having a lot of fun with it until i got to so i started with the zora's domain this time that's where i started the first time i died um yeah i think i started with the gerudo the first time and i think that was the a poor choice because that's actually the most interesting one i think yeah definitely maybe not the dungeon but like the whole experience and then i went to gerudo land because or not gerudo land uh goron land because i just happened to be there um and i got all the way 
into the salamander with zero heat resistance potions. <laughs> I just kept shoving food in my face the entire way up. So I'm like sitting there trying to take pictures of things for my compendium while burning. And like every time you take damage, you like get knocked out of your cameras. I'm like, okay, quick, snap a picture, quick, snap a picture, and then shove food in my face because burning does a lot of damage. Um, I eventually had to get almost all the way through the entire dungeon and then go, crud, I need a potion to fight the boss because you fight it on top of a volcano. So I eventually did have to suck it up and go make some heat resistance potions. Um, and then I haven't picked it back up since then, partially because Alex has been playing it. And this is incredibly amusing for me. I um, love watching people play open world games. I was really hoping I was going to get to watch my brother play Breath of the Wild and it didn't happen. Mostly this is exceptionally amusing because Alex has never played, I think, a 3D game with the standard two analog stick joint <laughs> okay. uh, setup where you like you use one to move around and the other to control the camera. It's been interesting because I can watch her progress over the course of a single play session to like more competently navigate and stuff. So um, that's been rather amusing. She accidentally wandered, I think, a little too far and started running into like higher tier enemies than I think her current combat abilities allow her to take. So she got killed like five times in a row and is like, okay, I think I'm done for the night. Trying to think of what else. I've just been playing a lot of Slay the Spire and I'm getting to the point where I've, I think, eaten five bags of potato chips. I think I'm about done. Um, I played FTL for the first time in however long it's been since I mentioned that, like, I don't know, a month or two. And I played on hard mode just like randomly and on a random ship and won on my first try. Uh, <laughs> one, I'm not sure I've ever beat that game on hard mode. And two, it was surprisingly easy and I have no idea. That, that, that was that. Mostly just, guys, Detective Pikachu. It's a good, it's actually a terrible video game. Don't, don't. I think we, we, we talked about that on the podcast. Right? We definitely did. Yeah, don't, just don't. Um, what have you been up to, Jeremy? I beat Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. Congratulations. Finally. I'm so sorry for the, your time investment. Uh, it, my finished playtime was exactly 24 hours, but I know there was plenty of time of me leaving the DS on and not playing it. So so probably not actually that 20 long. 20 hours, maybe. Even um, that seems like it might not have taken that long. So I guess final thoughts on that. Boy, is it a weird... Like, everything about it's weird. It's... Not like uh, Chain of Memories where they tried a really weird thing and I'm glad they tried it even though it didn't work. It's just kind of, it feels like they did a bad Monster Hunter impression. It does feel like that game was probably made for the multiplayer, which has not aged well. I didn't know that game even had multiplayer. Yeah, it's so. very Monster Hunter-ish. Okay. Um, the story is very interesting. The way they did a weird interquel meant they had to do weird story things. And it was cool to see some of those because I think they pulled it off a lot better than other media franchises that had to do that have but at the same time they did like go in with this weird constraint and if it wasn't all kingdom hearts that i knew was going to have to come back because that's how that franchise works it would have felt like not necessarily a waste of time but a weird loop-de-loop -loop in the story that was unnecessary i'm glad i'm done i mean after i beat it i wouldn't say i missed it but i was like oh that was actually like the gameplay loop was boring but at least it was steady it was a lot like a job in that way where it was a nice thing to go to and then leave. So yeah, I'm really excited to play Birth by Sleep now that that's where I am. And I've heard almost nothing about that game other than that it exists. It, I was doing, I research is the wrong word, but I wanted to make sure there were no Disney movies that somehow I hadn't seen before I played that game. And it's a prequel and almost all the worlds are pre-90s Disney movies. They're all ones that oh, Walt nice. worked on. And that is a cool touch. Interesting. And I'm excited to like go to Sleeping Beauty World and Snow White World. Especially since those have like weird influences on the first Kingdom Heart games, but are not. So it's kind of like the Grimm's fairy tales worlds. Yeah, except for also Hercules, which I don't know if it's going to be like before Her when Hercules is a baby or if they're just going to have Hercules in there or not explain it. And for some reason, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Okay. Um. I did. Is this the only one that they're in? I don't know. I might be. I thought I saw them in three, but I also don't pay any attention to that franchise. So take my don't take my word for it. Stitch is in two as a summon, but like there's not a Lilo and Stitch world, and it doesn't have any story progression. And Stitch isn't a character who talks. So I also feel like a Lilo and Stitch world is literally just Hawaii, and like that's I, a real place again, with aliens. Since, again, since it's a prequel, I wonder. I don't know for sure, but I wonder if you only are on Stitch's planet. I could see that. I don't know that it, I know anything about what his planet is well you just have to make sure you guard your left shoe i don't get it it's a reference to the movie i don't get it 
one of the things, like the last thing that Stitch is programmed to do, apart from like conquering planets and doing all kinds of other things, is steal everybody's left shoe. Oh yeah, okay. It's it's a uh, evil mad scientist like explaining how evil Stitch or how chaotic Stitch is. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I was going to say, we were actually talking about that before we started recording, how Emperor's New Groove really needs to be in Kingdom Hearts, and it's a, good. it's a travesty that it is not. I mean, maybe it's in, like, Recoded or Dream Drop <laughs> Distance. I don't know. Dream Drop Distance. It's the one on the 3DS. Did they just do it for the Triple D? Yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> but that's all I've been playing other than the assignment, which is Warcraft Orcs Ampersand Humans. This <laughs> is... Sparta? Game... Did you guys read the like instruction manual story for this game? Because it's actually kind of bonkers. And I they don't... did not, but I think I already know what it is because I've been playing Warcraft for years. Yeah, and th- I think it's integral to Warcraft lore. So It's probably been retconned, so what is it? As far as I'm aware, there's like this sorceress lady and she went off and had a kid and he became like super cool king guy. And then there was this other guy who was accidentally way too powerful, so they sent him off to a monastery, and then he grew up evil anyway, and then he becomes evil sorcerer supreme, there's a sorcerer battle, they open a rift to another world, orcs are like, man, it sure would be nice to not have civil war all the time, and then they find this rift, and then they start, like, killing humans through the rift, and then some bad stuff happens, but then also there's this evil sorcerer guy out there still. Medivh. Yep, that's his name. Yeah, that's Warcraft lore. That has been retconned, but less than I thought. It stopped being, like, the... Sorcerer battle opened a rift and Medivh just opened the door. I think and there was an orc on the other side and some demons and the orcs had been conquered by the demons and were being used as an invading army because the demons had a grudge against this world because the night elves repelled them in the past. Uh, the night elves and the dragons. That Yeah, so that is some retcon because I, I think actually all that, I think Medivh actually just opens the portal. I, I might have gotten the reason for that, Ron. But the one thing is like the orcs were just having a civil war with themselves and some shaman found the portal and they're like, what is the shaman's name? And they're like, what if we, instead of killing each other, we kill humans? Gul'dan. I was going to say, that's also been retconned because orcs didn't have shamans during this war because they'd all gone they to had demon warlocks. warships and they had warlocks. Like Gul'dan. Gul'dan. Your souls shall suffer. Gul'dan, um, Grom Hellscream. He's not a warlock. No, he's not. He's but just he's one of their murderer. leaders. He is like That's a only, class, by the way. <laughs> he's like their only leader that survives to Warcraft 3. Gul'dan's head does. I guess Gul'dan technically survives as a chunk of ice in the north. (laughs) He's the frozen throne. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's weird. That's the basic story behind this. The gameplay is, it's a top-down RTS strategy game, which I know I just said strategy twice, but shut up. The weirdest thing about it, at least to me, is that they don't have like a click and drag or one of them. You can click it. You can hit shift. You have to hit click. control. Oh, is it control? I thought it was shift. To be able to click and drag to select multiple units. And you can select up to four, four. which in Japan is death. <laughs> which means if you're playing this game in Japan, you can screw some people up. But if you're playing it in America like I am, then you just kind of throw your dudes at the AI and you try to micro them, but they're so slow to react that they just end up dying. And they... So the controls here, to start off, are like... Most RTSs, it's really, really simple, easy to do. You click on it, especially with workers. You click on a worker, you right-click on the mine or the woods or hell, anywhere you want them to go, and they go do that. Here, you have to actually select the command. There's no quick, you know, shortcut built into the game. You have to actually tell them what you want them to do. And, and they're they really will bad take at- their sweet-ass time getting to whatever it is you told them to do. And they will do only what you told them to do. This becomes more obvious with military units who will just blithely walk by things. Or, like, if you just leave them there. So they sometimes won't react to being attacked. They'll just sit there. It lacks a lot of the quality of life things you're probably used to if you've ever played an RTS. It um, definitely shows its age more than anything else. What's cool about it, though, is this is actually one of the first ones. It's this or Dune 2, the RTS game. I forget what this subtitle is, but... I'm pretty sure it's generally accepted that that's the first one. But this one definitely has a lot of the tropes, like having to build food buildings to make more workers, having two resources. And I think they came out two years apart. I don't believe... There's no, like, on the top bar where your resources are shown. It doesn't show you your food limit. You actually have to click on one of your farms to show that. 
Um, I was going to say, this actually has some pretty standard RTS fare, like, especially if you play through the campaign. It's, you start with a base, go destroy the enemy base. You start with no base, and you got to get all your dudes to a particular location or destroy a particular thing. Um, it starts the Blizzard's method of storytelling, where most of the story is in the mission briefings, and you are in control of a character you don't see, and you have advisors that are like a magistrate. You're not a magistrate in this one, that's StarCraft. But you need to defend your village from the orcs. Um, unfortunately, yeah. the story in this game, outside of the like actually pretty good setup that's in the instruction manual, the story in the game is not actually very good. It's pretty generic, like medieval fantasy fare. It does have some cool elements, like there's a world map that it kind of shows you moving around on, kind of ghosts and goblins-ish, that gives you a sense of place at least. But there's nothing special here. I mean, most of the blizzards. Most of the Blizzard stories, that's honestly the case. But at least they early on figure out the trick that if you make the bad guys win, it's really compelling. And they don't even have that yet. Uh, if I remember correctly, this game was at the very earliest stages planned to be a Warhammer licensed game. But then everybody was huh. like, no, that's expensive. And we don't want to work with them anyway. So no, let's not do that. That's actually kind of uh, knowing what I know about Blizzard's history. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, since they made a Warhammer 40k game a few years later. But the main, I think one of the main things that cripples it isn't really even the storytelling, because if a game plays well, it's fine. But the controls and the interactions take, like, the controls themselves are really bad for an RTS. Especially if you've played more modern RTSs, trying to go back to this one, the controls just feel actively unfun to play. And just watching your units die in this slow sword fight, I think the controls are the biggest issue. But I also think just the game feel that really was what I was about to it. say is, is the game feel the speed is so slow and then just to like rub salt in the wound. You tell guys to go to a certain spot and they will like take a U-turn and go the exact opposite direction until they finally get there. And you're like, OK, so sometime next week when you guys finally get where I told you to go. One of my favorite things is that if there's like a narrow path, like if a unit gets stuck there and you tell another unit to go the same way that happens to take him across that path, they'll walk all the way up to that spot, realize that it's still blocked by someone and then go around and take a divergent path. Well, try having a ramp and try to get a whole bunch of units off that <laughs> ramp. I'll say there's a nuclear missile about to fall on it. And watch all your guys just, like, walk into each other panicking like they're on fire. Yeah, so we complained about I, the pathfinding on the uh, StarCraft I don't know episode, what, but... I don't know what Jeremy's talking about that. That worked out absolutely perfectly for me. <laughs> I was totally not the guy with the nuke. I was going to say, to help with the speed issues, I don't know that we've mentioned, but at default speed, this game is painfully slow. It is. Like, I don't know why you would go... To, it can go down. To be fair, I don't know why you would. That's the case in StarCraft and WarCraft 2 as well. But you always just play on fastest. Yeah, I was going to say, they give you a speed slider, and, like, you almost always want to play on fastest. The problem is... It's still too slow. Yeah, it, one, it's still too slow. And two, you can only, like control four units at a time and they don't do things that you expect them to do so you had to like micromanage large armies and like go like okay four guys up here four guys up here and like march columns forward and if uh, i remember correctly it forgive me if i mix this up double clicking on units doesn't select all of that type either no nope. which is another one of those little things that you would usually like I want all of my grunts to attack this thing while they're being supported by all of my spearmen and casters. Well, I have to like physically try and find them all and select them. And because the graphics aren't great yet, it's actually kind of difficult to tell the difference between them because there aren't really differentiations. Just because of the way the graphics are working, it's really easy, especially in a melee, to get confused because you will have spearmen, your range attackers, walk up to a unit to start throwing spears at it. Or by the time you realize they're about to be attacked, they're right next to the dude. So, and kiting isn't really a thing because things don't react as fast as you want them to. Yeah, I definitely tried to kite and it's pretty much impossible. I tried just to like rotate units off the front line and just they react so slowly and take so many hits. Even that's not really possible. So, I, I don't know. Like this game has definitely a lot of problems. It did not age well. Yeah, the, it didn't age well. The campaign's okay. It's acceptable. It doesn't get too samey. It gets kind of samey. The problem is the orcs and the humans are basically identical except for skins. Uh, the orcs are maybe slightly more interesting because they have a few more voice lines. They're not just always, yes, my lord. I think this is also before Blizzard started their trend of uh, funny lines if you click on the units long enough. Oh, uh, the orcs actually do have a couple funny lines. They're not. But... They're a lot more, misanthropic isn't the right term, but they're more like, stop it. 
Yeah. Like they react to it, but it's not It's not like if you keep clicking on things where you get like the line from the peasant of, we found a witch. May we burn her? (laughs) I think all the voice acting in this game is done by one guy. I'd believe it. Which is mildly impressive. The problem is he didn't have a whole lot of variance in his characters, and they use the same voice. Like, they didn't have a bunch of different voice lines for similar commands, so you hear the same line a lot. Well, to be fair, it was probably somebody who wasn't actually a voice. It was probably like a coder or something like that. I will say the music in this game, uh, despite, you know, any of the other sound problems, the music's not bad. It's it's reasonably solid chiptune. A few mechanics that kind of died on this game, one that has some similar mechanics in games like StarCraft, you have to build roads and you have to build your buildings next to roads, which works a little bit like the Creeper Pyrons? Pyrons! Or Pylons. But it's a hassle and it's slow. And I like (laughs) it. It also costs you money to do and you don't get any, like you can build more buildings. When I saw that I could build a road, initially I didn't connect the dots that you had to build them next to it. I thought you, if you built a road, people moved faster along yeah, I thought it was how like slow safe. they moved. Right. But that's not the case. Yeah, I also built a road to my mine, wasting all my money. Because on the first level of the campaign, you don't have enough money in your first mine to achieve your objectives. So you have to go out into the drill nearest. Also, your mine is not within your initial vision. You have to go exploring for it. I could not find my mine because I didn't happen to go back that way and thought I had to go find one. Got my whole army killed, had to restart the mission. Uh, then found out even if you don't do that, you have to find another mine because there's not enough money in the one you start with to achieve your objective. Yeah, that's one of those little things that they did a lot better later when they made your initial like vision area enough to see your mine. And that also would be fine to need another mine if it was fun or interesting to have to go take one. But it's just tedious to explore the map, and finding random orcs out there isn't fun. We talked about the pathfinding AI, but they also just clearly don't have an AI for the enemy yet. So it'll just spawn units right outside your field of vision to send to your base occasionally to attack, which is also really unsatisfying. Honestly, the way this game is built, it's... I can see what they were doing, what they were trying, but holy cow, they don't. this doesn't work real well. Yeah, and obviously Warcraft 2 is a much better game. Starcraft is a legend. Warcraft 3 is actually good. Um, I, I mean, Starcraft's super high on our list, too. It just yep. doesn't hold up. Although that remake might. I should play it. Warcraft 3 is actually pretty good. Yeah, Warcraft 3 is solid. Um, honestly, I think the modding community helped both of those games a lot. Yeah, definitely. League of Legends and Dota come to mind, yeah. So obviously the legacy of this game is huge, and the fact that it's one of the first RTSs has really softened it in my mind, but I absolutely can't recommend you go back and play this. I nope. would not. Like, I think the package might be fine to buy for nostalgia purposes because it comes also, with Warcraft 2. Because it comes with Warcraft 2. <laughs> I was actually also going to say, this didn't occur to me until just now, we didn't really discuss the visual aesthetic of this game because it's kind of meh. Mostly, this game looked a lot more like it was a Super Nintendo game to me than I was expecting. Well, so. you know, Blizzard did start on Super Nintendo. Yep. I looked it up earlier, and Lost Vikings did, in fact, come out like two years before this. And man, that's actually a good game, so... It is very pixel. They're very pixelated. Well, like, they're chunky block people. And, like, oh, I didn't mention this before because it was something that... You know how when you play most RTSs, to scroll the screen, you just move to the edge of the screen and it scrolls? Yeah. Nope. Here, you either need to use your arrow keys to move the map around, or if you want to move, use the mouse, move it to the edge of the screen, and then click. And that's how you scroll the screen. And oh my God, it doesn't, it is so frustrating to use. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like this leads to final thoughts because. Yeah. Well, I guess I already gave mine. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe watch a Let's Play of this if you're really, really curious. Yeah. That's about the most I can recommend because it is soul crushing to actually play. I wouldn't say it's soul crushing. I would say it's just fine. I'm glad they learned their, like they came up with an idea and they iterated on it and it got better every time they did it. I had some fun when I first started this game up, but as I played more of it, I realized it was nostalgia-based fun because I did play this game when I was a little kid. But I also had that niggling thing in the back of my mind saying, you know, you like Warcraft. Why don't you just play StarCraft or Warcraft 3, which you own? It wouldn't even be that hard. They're both installed. (laughs) So I would not recommend going back and playing this game. Yeah, I would say it's just pretty okay. So speaking of pretty okay, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst. The best game is Chrono Trigger because it holds up well and you get that nostalgia if you owned a Super Nintendo. 
you lucky bastards. I was going to say the most okay and the least okay. <laughs> the least, well, no, the most okay is Dead Center, obviously. The worst, least okay game is City Connection, because it sucks. And the most okay game is Kirby's Dreamland. You know, it's a little Game Boy game. Yeah, it's sucks pretty okay. people up. Started a pretty decent franchise. Nothing too great. I mean, it's not Kirby's Adventure, which is clearly better. So normally we will compare games to other games in their franchise or games made by the same developer. There's no point in doing that, right? Uh, hey, I don't know. I think it's a serious contender for going above StarCraft. No, it's not. No, it's not. Isn't StarCraft top 10? Yes. Okay. So is WarCraft 3. So is that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, all three of their games are top 10? Yeah, because you both, you guys thought Diablo was better than StarCraft 2. Or, Star, not StarCraft 2, but StarCraft. So. Well, because that's no, it doesn't have Brood War. And I think WarCraft's better than StarCraft, so. Wow, so Blizzard has a full 30% of our top 10. Man, they make good stuff, man. I don't know what... The now game, they do. The game that stuck out to me that we should compare it to is Dragon Quest, because that's another game that's at the start of like a genre that was iterated on and made much better. I like Warcraft's genre more, but personally, I have to say, I don't think Warcraft, because of its play problems, plays as well as Dragon Quest, where Dragon Quest is a lot easier to just pick up and play. Yeah. God, I was getting, like, even, the, it was getting through the nostalgia right when I was having some fun, is just trying to battle the controls in this game. I'd put it below Dragon Quest. I was actually, I think Zach echoed my sentiment Mine fairly too, strongly, is that like I really like RTS as a genre. I think the reason Dragon Quest is more fun to play is because you're never just waiting. You're at least always doing something, even if it's something boring. All right. So a little bit below Dragon Quest, we have another PC game with a legacy that we didn't p think played so well, which is System Shock. Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, I'd have to give it to System Shock. It's got so many ideas. It just has balls for controls. I'd give it to Warcraft because I could play Warcraft. I couldn't <laughs> play System Shock. Save my freaking life. I think I have to agree with Tyler. I couldn't play either one, <laughs> to be frank, but System Shock was more interesting to me. I think it was kind of trying more. So, But I don't know what below it to compare it to, so let's scroll down. I'm, that's entirely fair. I just <laughs> couldn't. I, when I booted up System Shock, it's like, I can't figure this out. Whereas I could get, I actually got Warcraft. So a RTS game technically, a Super Nintendo game, so it would have been contemporary. How do we think it compares to Metal Marines? Huh. I huh. would say better because Metal Marines is more fire and forget. Like, it mostly runs itself, whereas Warcraft, you actually have a lot more, or at least it feels like you have a lot more input on the decisions, especially once you make some casters. And you actually do have some actions to perform with those casters, like the orcs get raised dead. I will say I like the flavor of Metal Marines more, but I think I agree with Zach that uh, Warcraft has more going on mechanically. I think I would much rather play Metal Marines, but yeah. I also agree that I think Warcraft is a more important game. It's earlier in the genre. It certainly has more of an influence, so it should probably go higher. Yeah, no, and that, that's pretty much where I'm at is like, I think I would prefer to play Metal Marines more, but on the other hand, War I don't know. It's less complicated, and that might actually be to its advantage. So really, I'm only picking this because it's the only PC game between the two. How do we think it compares to The Secret of Monkey Island? Well, I think you know my thoughts on that. So. <laughs> I don't like adventure games. So you're leaving it to my choice because one of you likes it and one of you doesn't? Pretty much. Honestly, at the end of the day, I think Warcraft should go above Secret of Monkey Island uh, for all of its excellent dialogue. Um, it, I almost would have preferred that it was a miniseries rather than a game. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's pretty soft degree, but I do. And that's at least a much smaller, uh, frame for me to work with. Uh, so dead center between System Shock and Secret of Monkey Island, we have Shadow of the Ninja. Uh, you're gonna have to remind me which ninja game this is. The ninja game none of us remember. Good. It, it, yeah, I was gonna say, it's also the most recent one we played, I think. Yeah, is it the one where, I was gonna say, is, is it, it Crappy Ninja Gaiden? Crappy Ninja Gaiden? Um, I think Yes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up really quick. Make sure I think it is Crappy Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, any, any of these screenshots doing it for uh, you? You can paint off the of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's Crappy, crappy Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, it looks very Castlevania. It's definitely Crappy Ninja. Gaiden. I'd say it goes above Crappy Ninja Gaiden because of the exact reason that we all just demonstrated. 
You mentioned the title of the name or the title of the game, and none of us knew what you were talking about. Like it played me. It played mechanically all right. Um, it was it was an okay platformer, but no, I think I agree. Warcraft goes above. Okay, so speaking of okay platformers, but I think we remember this one. Right above it is Bonk's Revenge. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely remember Bonk's Revenge. So I like Bonk because he's got that cool, cool caveman flavor. Like he has personality. It's just not a super great game. And somehow Bonk's Revenge, I think, is less bonky than the original Bonk. Um, I think I would have to give it to Warcraft, so barely, barely. We're getting to the point where a mediocre platformer is beating out this less-than-mediocre RTS. I think It's the, a pretty uh, bad RTS, if we're being honest. It's just an important RTS. I said less-than-mediocre. I than think <laughs> the ambition does edge it over Bonk, because Bonk is just, it's a sequel. Okay, so a game with no ambition and a sequel, how do we think it compares to Mario Party 2? <laughs> Man, that's a question. Um, I'd probably put it above Mario Party 2 as I well. I would, but... too. I, I was not expecting so many of these, like, random one-off outliers, but... This seems to be the random one-off outlier portion of the list, because our final question, is this early RTS better than the early-ish fighting game, Fatal Fury, King of Fighters? Uh, that's the one where you can choose three characters, yeah, and there's we have the King team. Duck! And there's the basketball guy. Yeah. Huh. Honestly, I really like King of Fighters, and it's got I, some sweet flavor. I think I would give it to King of Fighters, because that duel, um, if you could figure out how to work it. The foreground that, background The foreground thing. background is kind of an interesting mechanic. The game played pretty well. Well, I guess not pretty well, but it played okay. Yeah, it, it, it was a pretty solid 2D fighter, even if it had a lot of issues in its implementation. I think Warcraft is more ambitious, but I also think Warcraft is a little bit of a mess. Yeah, it's it's a less good game at the end of the day, despite its ambition. Mm-hmm. And like that's been the case for the last couple of these, and I think we're finally at the point where the less goodness of the mechanics outweighs the ambition. So Orcra- Orcraft. Orcraft. So Warcraft Orcs and Humans goes at number 176, above Mario Party 2, and below King of Fighters. Man, that's a section of the list. I'm actually very interested in that section of the list now. That will probably be the lowest Blizzard game we ever rank. Unless we play Lost Vikings. Well, we might. We probably put Lost Vikings above it. Unless we play Justice League Task Force, which I think is worse than King of Fighters. (laughs) So with that, Tyler, what are we going to play next week? So I was having a hard time choosing games, and Zach randomly was like, what about Tetris? I'm like, what about Tetris? And then I realized that we somehow have not played Tetris for this podcast. It's because it is the video game I least want to talk about on this podcast. It's Tetris. That is my review of it. <laughs> That's fair. And therefore, I realized that we couldn't just talk about Tetris because everyone knows what Tetris is. So I decided to throw Dr. Mario in the mix, too. So we're doing Tetris and Dr. Mario. So next time on Last Time, there's no cure for Tetris fever. Last Podcast Production, copyright 2019.